I'm Darshi Harindra and this is Unbiased. In my podcast, I'll be chatting to someone new each session to explore the ways in which bias has affected or continues to affect their day-to-day lives. Today, I'm joined by Ainsley Hooper. Ainsley is an anthropologist and disability inclusion consultant and founder of Ainsley Cooper Consulting. For the past two and a half years, she has worked on various projects focusing on disability for councils, disability service providers, public venues, and sustainability services firms. Ainsley is passionate about disability inclusion because of her lived experience of disability and the benefits for all she sees when others embrace disability inclusion. Ainsley combines her unique knowledge of disability with anthropology to foster an understanding of the diversity of humans and their experiences, resulting in improved outcomes for all. She has been recognized in her field, receiving the Employment Award in the Geelong Awards for People with Disability 2020. And this award recognizes someone who has achieved success or made a substantial contribution to empowering and developing others in the workplace or the community. Ainsley is currently completing a PhD in anthropology at Deakin University, researching the experiences of people with disabilities during the COVID-19 pandemic and COVID normal. She is also a community representative on the Access and Inclusion Advisory Committee for the City of Greater Geelong. And in her spare time, Ainsley enjoys working out at the gym and competing in powerlifting with three gold medals under her belt for bench press. Ainsley, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk more about your life and work and to learn more about disability inclusion from one of the best in the business. Hi, Darcy. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting to be on. (laughs) Thanks. So, To begin with, Ainsley, tell me more about your own lived experience with disability and the key drivers to doing the work that you do. Yep. Okay. So, um, I, yes, obviously, I was born with disability. I was born in the 70s. um, And how it came about was um, I had a nervous breakdown in, in about 2016. And prior to that, I'd started to use, um, even though I've got a disability and had one in my life, I didn't need to use disability services until I was in my 20s. Um, and then when I, I, I did my anthropology degree and I knew when I was doing that degree that I wanted to use, and I actually said it um, during, during one of the lectures, that I wanted to use my degree to help people help people understand other people because it's, that's misunderstanding that just yeah presents so many problems in the world. So basically, I, I came to realise that someone actually asked me uh, actually in the gym um, after the nervous breakdown, uh, and I finished at work. They asked, "So what do you want to do with what? What, what is it that you really want to do?" Mm. And I hadn't thought about it, and I was just like, "Well, I want I want to help." Um, people understand well, businesses understand people with disabilities uh, because of the, th- the the things that I was seeing all the little gaps. So basically, yeah, that, that's how it came about. Um, and yeah, just now, just yeah, u- using my skills to help people understand other people and also understand the needs um, and using anthropology to do that. 
Oh, wow. So you started studying anthropology like uh, as an undergrad, just purely for that interest in people's sake. And then you was it sort of through that study that you saw that link between your personal experiences and how you could develop? Yes. Yeah. So um, when I so a little bit of a story was when I was in my 20s, I got sick um, and it was due to hospital negligence. Um Anyway, so I was in hospital for a very long time. Uh, I had like a year off work and I was, my, I thought my brain was going to go to mush. So from that, I, I, someone said to me, why don't you enroll in university? And I was like, I'd never thought of it because I didn't get the greatest marks in high school. So I didn't think I was like that, like I didn't think I was uni worthy. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I enrolled me to age and I, and I picked up a major, uh, major in philosophy because philosophy has always fascinated me. So I did that. Um, then, so this was a Bachelor of Arts. And there, so with that uh, that major, I got to the point where I was nearly finishing the credit unit. So I thought, okay, I need to figure out what else I'm going to fill up this degree with to, to get it. Uh, and then I, I took, uh, I looked up anthropology. It's like, oh, that looks good. That's actually, that also something like I, I enjoy, I've always enjoyed watching like the cultural documentaries and all that kind of stuff. So I picked up that unit, took one class and it was just like that class. I was like, yeah, I can. I knew that I wanted to, to be an anthropologist, but it wasn't until later on that it tied into work. And okay, so that's what I wanted to do with my degree. Right, get you. Gosh, that's, that's pretty heavy from going from someone who doesn't even think you could you see yourself at uni to studying philosophy and anthropology. I'm super, super impressed by that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting kind of, yeah, interesting journey. Um, mm. Yeah, because, like, yeah, basically, you know, being uh, being a, a disabled kid in the 70s and 80s, um, yeah, people th had different thoughts back then. So, yeah, there was, there was sort of not much ex expectations of, actually doing anything huge with your life really wow yeah, yeah. that, that in, in and of itself is 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 really inspirational mm -hmm. um Ainsley so in your work then um now having started to combine those two um what do you see as some of the biggest challenges in creating an accessible environment yeah I'd it's in my experience. Um, so I've been in business now since 2019, uh, and it's definitely a money thing. Um, right. You talk about you talk about accessibility and inclusion, um, and a lot of the pushback is we don't have the money to to spend on that. So it really uh, and it, it, it's sort of it's really created um it's yeah ba so basically a lot of my work that uh, i'm putting out on social media is a lot of awareness raising which is as as a person with a disability it's frustrating because we should be way past awareness by now um we you know um as i as i say one in five well, one in five people have a disability so to businesses that's one in one in five of your consumers that have a disability. So um, to think that spending money on accessibility is something that we can't do 
is just like saying you don't want that fifth person, that fifth business coming through your door. So that um, I think it's definitely money's the biggest issue. Um, but that 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 also um, with with money being the issue also creates a, also reveals another issue in that um, advocates are the issues that people face with disabilities face um, trying to get accessibility, etc. The, uh, the government will only fund advocacy for individual advocacy, so they won't fund for systemic advocacy, um, which really creates problems because we need to deal with the systemic issues uh, so that the individual issues don't don't have to um, be addressed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It would be more beneficial to be the other way around. Absolutely. Yeah, it <laughs> makes no sense. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really, it makes no sense at all. But, yeah, so when I talk about awareness, I'm doing it from the point of I'm hoping that people understand that they need to be aware so, like, so this awareness then leads to inclusion. Yes. Okay. See, so because it, it sounds like you're sort of working from square one in terms of, establishing almost a business case to persuade yes businesses to take this on yeah it's ridiculous because there is there are thousands and thousands of disability activists throughout the world already talking about all this stuff so it's just amazing that we're we're still in that place i mean i heard a good quote the other day um when i say the other day as well though now um but yeah it's like where people with disabilities are 40 years behind the feminist movement when it comes to equality in Australia and we're a further 10 years behind um, Aboriginal people. So that's that's saying something. That's really stark and it's interesting because I've spoken to people before about that sometimes being this almost like a hierarchy of, of minority causes or it's whatever's, you know, and in this kind of world of social media, it's this kind of whatever is grabbing people's attention for mm -hmm. whatever reason at the time and, yeah. um, and I can see that coming through in in um, the the problem that you've raised over just businesses saying oh well we don't have enough money which is to sort of say oh well I suppose disability inclusion is you know it's somewhere in there amongst the things that we need to think about but it's just not high enough yeah. on the radar right now um, yeah and that's it. I actually I saw a really great video the other day. Um, people should Google Susan M. Daniels, and she did this. It was like a thirty second piece. It yeah. was about, and it was about accessibility. So she was a disability activist who's passed away now, um, and she was basically talking to a group of uh, talking to an audience, and and flipped the script. So rather than talking about the expense for accessibility for disabled people, she was talking about well look at look at the luxuries you've been given thanks to disabled people um like for example there was one one example was uh look at all you know you you um non-disabled people or not you know people with who don't have vision impairments look we've given you all these lights you know whereas you know people who are blind we don't we, you know we, we don't need light or you know don't let need yeah. lights that kind of thing uh, but she basically was the point she was trying to make was nobody talks about how how no, nobody talks about the expense of catering for non-disabled people, but they'll talk about the expense for catering for for disabled people. 
So it's just an interesting idea to think about why we why is it okay for one and not the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point because I know mm. I, I work in when technology and with businesses that are always, you know, it's technology is all about optimizing user experience and yeah. companies will go to the nth degree to just make something seconds faster for yeah do but not think about even giving access to someone with impairments in the first instance mm. well, I guess even like my xbox I mean now I've got a pretty old xbox now that's oh. like it's the xbox 360 so it's nearly 10 years old um yeah. but yeah like the the um is it the connect the connect doesn't recognize my wheelchair so, you know, I just find that fascinating that, you know, we've got this really grand piece of technology but doesn't recognise my wheelchair. And I also know um, that there, um, I think, I think it might, might have been the Connect or something similar, doesn't rec recognise people, um, <clears throat> excuse me, recognise people with dark skin. Mm. So that's another one. Yeah, yeah, that's an issue with, like, facial recognition technology. Yeah um in general um i i'd like to to delve more into this link um between your your anthropology and philosophy studies and your work because yeah. i think in so many areas when it comes to inclusion and advocating for and enacting tangible change to benefit minorities a deep understanding of human behavior psychology and philosophy are really needed to understand how people tick um, and that actually seems really important in the work that you're doing just trying to get businesses to, to, to come to the table so and I've also mentioned it's something I find in, in that technology space that I work in so can you share more about how you use your anthropology studies as part of your practice yeah sure so Pretty much what I do for clients um, is really embedded in anthropology. So a lot of my work is about, um, I, I do a lot of work which has me interviewing people. Uh, like for example, I've done a lot of work for committees and, uh, and reference groups. And so it's looking at their experiences and looking at, not, not just what they're meant to be doing in the job, but looking at their looking at their experiences of things and then using that, that knowledge to then improve things for the committee or for the group. So it's really about understanding the humans mm. and not just looking at that what they the job that they're doing, but looking at the, their personal insights and listening to their stories and then using those, those those stories to help bring improvements to what they're doing right and do you find there's sort of this two-pronged attack in terms of being able to elicit the change and the um uplifts that are necessary to a business but also in how you bring that business on board to enacting change? Yeah, so I, cause I, I, I think it's, I'm just I'm trying, sorry, I, I've got a dog in the background who's, um, 
Uh, I've just opened the door up for him to go outside. So sorry, I was just distracted there for a second. Um, but yeah, so basically, um, get, with having being able to provide um, more context around, um, like, so you know, I'll, I'll get a brief from, from a business about what they want, but then and then being able to provide them with that extra context. Um, to actually improve things, things that they hadn't even considered uh, because yeah. of, of not going that deep into the human, into the experience of these individuals. Um, yeah, looking at things in that way, it, that really actually makes them, yeah, want, want, want to do more changes. Yeah. Um, in your, in the last year or so, if you're having your own business in this area, is there a particular achievement or win that you've landed for a business in making them, them address their accessibility issues that you're particularly proud of? Um, I think, uh, to, tell you, to tell you the truth, um, with, with my dealings with, with, with um, businesses, I don't do so much of, uh, uh, I don't work with them to the point of, um, seeing the outcomes yep. so I basically I did yeah I do the groundwork um and then I hear well I hear through the grapevine you know there's certain things that happen but yeah I'm, I'm not with them to the to that to that point to actually see it go out into practice but I do, I do love hearing of the, the little things like oh such and such is now doing this and that's really nice to hear yeah yeah and um, Ainsley, how is your PhD research going? Are you able to share the progress you're making and any initial observations about the impact of COVID-19 for people with disabilities? Because that's a very current mm. to be. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I am. A month after starting my PhD, I broke my leg. So I popped the um. PhD has been popped on hold uh, until everything uh, everything sorts itself out um so i'm starting back hopefully next month um but yeah in regards to COVID 19 and people with disabilities uh it's it's been huge and this is why i really want to research it because oh, there's just been so many things that as a person with a disability we're seeing now um and it's and it's actually like how can well, okay. I'll, actually, I'll give you an example. Uh, for example, back when I as, when I said how when I started uni, how I was off work because I was sick, I was actually physically able to do the work that I was hired to do at the, with our employer. Um, but they they were saying that it's not possible to do it remotely, and suddenly <laughs> the, the pandemic hits, yeah. and everybody at that that employer. And, and and many other employees, as we've seen, have been able to work remotely. So it's like, okay, so you couldn't do it for back then, but you can do it now. So it's it's that there's a we're seeing a lot of um, things that are, are beneficial that, that we've been fighting for for years as, as people with disabilities, uh, but they're only being embraced now uh, because because it's uh you know been a, a major problem for the greater amount of people yeah yeah, yeah. wow so that, that's pretty frustrating <laughs> yes um 
And I know it's it, it's tough in the midst of a pandemic and all the the difficulties and things that it that it throws. But it really has forced a shift in the dial for so many um, for for the better in that in that regard. When you're taking remote working um, as an example, mm. and also Ainsley, when a lot of a lot of us think of people with disabilities, the first thing that comes to mind tends to be physical and physically visible disability yep. you think of you know the sinus signage around us of the, the individual in a wheelchair mm. but does your work also extend to those with disabilities that we can't necessarily see from an individual and mental health related disabilities I know you've touched on the fact that you have suffered um, previously from a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. how does how does your work kind of touch on those less visible disabilities? So with my work, my work is all focused around businesses. Um, so it's about helping businesses um, improve services to people with disability. So um, my clients could be served. Um, I've got, like, for example, my clients, my clients could um, be a, a general business uh, who happens to have people coming through their doors who have got disabilities that they just, you know, they don't even realise. Or I've worked with disability service providers who are obviously disability disability specific. And so it's not so much about the types of disabilities. Um, I I don't, that's not how I work. What I do, I help businesses and whether or not they they service that group of disability, uh, people with disabilities, um, it, it, and in, in, in saying that, one of the service provi- providers that I have done work for <clears throat> have actually, I was hired to work um, on one of their reference groups, which was focused around that kind of thing. Yes. And have, in your work, have you found any particular common threads among issues of facing businesses or the sorts of issues that are most likely to get businesses knocking on your door? Uh, it's been interesting. Like, so I've, all my work so far has been word of mouth. Um, yeah, so that's that's been interesting. Um, Up for you. Yeah, so I think that really uh, for me, uh, I've, I've found that what what – what um, got people thinking about me uh, was the fact that um, it, it, basically my work done, my work picked up as soon as COVID hit. And that was weird because so many businesses around me were struggling. But yeah, I, mine picked up. And it's because of what we were just talking about before those things that, that um, have been convenient and beneficial to the, the wider community and uh, people are now becoming aware of those things being disability, being things that people with disabilities have been fighting for and it's making them more conscious and wanting to do better. Yeah. Um, so then to close out our chat today, Ainsley, can you tell us what's on the horizon for you? What are your top three goals for the year ahead in this space yeah i was thinking of is trying to think about that so um 
really at the moment. I mean, yeah, I've got to get my legs sorted. So, because um, I've got so much stuff going on with the leg that I've got to back, get back and get focus back into the business. Um, so, yeah, but I'm still um, still working at the moment, but yeah, I'm just doing a, a light workload. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other thing is um, there is something exciting, something that I can't say what it is, but there is something exciting happening. Uh, an opportunity revealed itself to me uh, just this last month. So that's going to be announced soon. So watch this space. Um, yeah. yeah, so those, those are, that's pretty much what I'm focusing on at the moment. And yeah, getting my PhD back, uh, getting back yeah. in my PhD. Um, so yeah, those three things really, um, they're, they're my main focus at the moment. Yeah, and are you feeling in the line of all the, the, the stuff that we've been talking about, about the shift that's happened as a result of the pandemic, are, are you feeling hopeful for the advancement of disability-related imperatives in kind of COVID-normal Australia, so to speak? Oh, I'm going to have to say no, unfortunately, um, because people seem to be wanting to get back to what they knew beforehand and I, unfortunately, I fear that that is going to. I know a lot of people are um, try, businesses are trying to get people back into the work into the office. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm a bit worried about what's going to happen um, about these benefits that we've actually we've been experiencing. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm feeling slightly pessimistic about that at the moment. Oh, Ainsley, yeah, it's it's. It, it's upsetting to hear that but I know and, and and just because I know I think a lot of people will be feeling that and I, I mm. like I hear around me a lot of people trying to emphasize as I said you know there have been some some benefits and we've shifted the dial in so many ways and it's really grating to then have this constant um, sense of of the workplace and the community around us being like when can we get back to when can we go back to how it was and back to how it was mm. even though so many have maybe have been spouting the benefits um, of you know new ways of working and the fact that we've shown that we can do things in a different way um, so I I really hope that you get yourself back to health soon so you can kind of get back into into all the work that you're doing i'm really mm. interested to follow um the outcomes of of your research because i just think it could be so valuable in trying to remind uh businesses and and the communities that um covid can bring some lasting change for, mm. for the better yeah. Um, and we do need that. And, and as much as I can appreciate your frustration at having to spend so much of your time raising awareness, if, if that's what needs to be done, like I really applaud you for, for, for keeping on at that. And I really applaud you for, for the work that you do. Um, and I'll be following you. I shall put a link to your LinkedIn on the, on the show notes page so people can follow and see what new um, venture is coming up on the horizon from the, the new work that you hinted at earlier today. Excellent. Yep. Thanks, Ainsley. Appreciate taking the time. Thank you for having me on. It's been great.